and me decide when to surrender. I've said goodbye to my boogeyman, but the truth is evil doesn't die. It changes shape. He's had his difficulties. My son. This town turned against him after the accident with Jeremy Allen. They would have felt for him. They would have helped him heal. But because your boogeyman disappeared, they needed a new one. All right, everybody. You're here to talk about uh, the Halloween franchise. Uh, it ends today, sadly. The time has come to an end. What's it, 44 years now? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's talk that they're going to be making more films, to be fair. Well, now, let me tell you the story of Halloween. Now, I'm not going to go into rant, because we've already done a retrospective of Halloween. I will need to get your, you know, perspective on the last two. Yes. Um, but Halloween in 1978, when that came out, they didn't think this was, you know, this is it. One off. They're done. Then obviously Universal got their hands on it, and rightfully so, and made a sequel, and then sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel, to the point where he was raping his niece to get the baby from her, to he's part of a cult, to fighting Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. Uh, and Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd's first <laughs> film, one of his first films. Ant-Man. yeah. And yet people are saying this is the worst film in the franchise. The wrong. I, I am. I am lost right now. Before we start this podcast, I thought about this because I'm not going to hate the people who hate it. That's fine. I get their anger towards some of the reason why they're angry about it. But guys, slasher films get a bum rap. They've done it. They've been getting a bum rap for years because of Halloween four, five, and six. But I love them for the most part. <laughs> right. Yeah, well. I love slasher films. They dumb fun. But isn't it, don't you guys realize how refreshing it is to finally get something? You get them with the screams somewhat, and some of the newer stuff's coming out is a lot smarter, but it's finally nice having a fresh, smart perspective on a franchise that was becoming a joke. Karen, I'm going to shock you by agreeing with you. Well, there's a first. Trevor, agreeing with me. Well, over Uh, slicers, yeah. Yeah, but... You know what? I'm not gonna. We're not gonna dive into why the fans are liking it. We'll actually dive into that as we talk about Halloween ends, because I think it would make more sense to pepper that in as we're talking about it. I would say as well uh, regarding you know people not liking films and you know all that sort of thing. Well, you know, so what? Everyone has different tastes. You know, it's uh, yeah. And I, and I thought that, and I agree with you. Everyone has different tastes, but it's Halloween. And if you don't like what I like, I hate, I hate you. That's just the way it is. Uh, the way I see it is... Uh, when it comes to the Halloween franchise, it's my way or the highway. It's the way I see it, um, on the grand scheme of things, differences of opinion over films or television or media, essentially, are not important. And it's all part of the fun. And that's why, you know, all part of the fun of this podcast when we argue, it's I love debating films, books... Um, all other types of media, TV shows and stuff, and you know the big part of it. If we all agreed, it would be, um, it wouldn't be as fun. All right, well, let's just jump into it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, in the 
previous podcast, Halloween 2018 and Halloween uh, Kills, I was fucking floored by them. I loved them so much. Um, Halloween Kills got a bum rap, especially the two podcasters I was on with. They hated it. Um, I felt it was a a nod to all the films people did like, like the Halloween 4, 5, and 6, especially dealing with the mob mentality, up the body kills, the up the violence. It's pretty much... I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it's extremely violent. Dealing with more um, issues and drama. Um, it's dealing with dealing some with very um, sort of... Uh, uh, and this new one ends as well. It's dealing with some very... For what is ultimately a slicer film that deals with some very heavy um, philosophical subjects, you know about you know violence by getting violence, you know, um, you know the whole sort of, you know, humans are the real monsters type thing, you know that sort of thing, and you know a trauma. Twenty eighteen really dealt with post traumatic stress syndrome. Yes. Is what they dealt with. Here's a woman who never got the help she deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not- ridiculed. By today's standards, she would have been taken care of. Um, stuff like that. And Halloween Kills deals with the aftermath of, of or, or during the chaos and what people would do. Yes, what people um, can resort to. And who are the real monsters. Yeah. Exactly. And now ends. People should know that the way this film is structured, this series is structured, is that ends is going to be a little more tamer. Because he already did the body count in the last one. Yes. We don't need to see a mosh pit of more bodies. Um, we're not here to see that. We're here to see closure between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Yes. Now, before we jump into Halloween Ends, um, your view on Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. Yeah, I thought the Halloween 2018 um, film was very solid. Um, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was great the way it dealt with more serious themes. It, it was like you know it, t- it took a step away from the silliness of the slicer genre, which the Halloween series had become, and uh, I liked how it was much more grounded and believable and serious. I know this has become you know a bit of a sort of like a new trend. These requels, um, we had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, Scream have done it as well, but I think I believe Halloween two thousand and eighteen were the first to do it. Um, they brought back, you know, the legacy character of Laurie Strode. Um, very well handled, very, you know, slickly handled. It wasn't the most... It was original in terms of the fact that it dealt with, you know, the whole post-traumatic stress and was more grounded. But regarding the, the general plot, it, it was, you know, it was pretty much more of the same. Um, moving on then to Halloween Kills. Thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, genuinely creepy. The people have criticised it for it being too violent. I would say that no, it made it more believable. The brutality of Michael's killings um, were so um, horrific um, that sort of you know lent it a level of believability that perhaps some of the other ones didn't have, where Michael was basically a, a fucking superhero, um, you know, an evil superhero type thing, um, a, a super villain. Um, but with this, um, I totally bought um, Michael the, the brutality of Michael's killings. However, when watching it for the first time, in the back of my mind, it was saying, uh, while this is very sort of shocking and disturbing and gritty and realistic, um, how does Michael surviving all these bullets? Then at the very end, they turn him into a supernatural being, but they totally pull it off. I totally bought it. There, there's other things I loved. I loved the whole sort of... Um, people are the real monsters, you know, with the whole sort of lynch mob 
whenever they go after Michael, you know, and how, you know, um, evil begets evil, violence begets violence, and how they, in a way, become the villains, especially whenever they kill the other guy who's escaped from the asylum, who's innocent, and they mistake him for Michael. Um, I thought the acting was solid throughout, especially um, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, it was genuinely creepy, and a genuinely entertaining, thrilling horror film. I fucking loved it. Wow, that's that's impressive. Okay, that's cool. It wasn't just um, a horror film. It was it was a smart horror film. Yes, I mean that's and that's where you bring in David Gordon Green to do that. Yes, um, the franchise became a joke in itself. Um, so they decided, you know, mm-hmm. go back to what works and emphasize it. But also, um, but also have it grounded in a more sort of in the real world. To, to yeah, and I know obviously Michael, and at the end of Kills, Michael becomes a supernatural. It's revealed that he is a supernatural entity, but they totally pull it off. Yeah, well, I think what they're playing with, he's not necessarily supernatural. I think this is a conversation to be had. Yes. It's more that he's evil personified. It's the evil, the evil personified. Yes, um, he's an evil entity in its purest form. In what he does, is he thrives on killing. So if he's weak, like when they beat the shit out of him, the end of Halloween kills. Yeah. He goes after him for one last grab, kills all his people, and he's more rejuvenated. Yes, a bit. it regenerates him. Killing regenerates um, him. But uh, let's, and, this, and this is addressed, which we'll come to also in Halloween Ends. So we're going to start off with Halloween Ends, and then we'll deal with the haters after the podcast. Yeah, we'll go look at them. And, 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 then, and our uh, Michael yeah, Myers masks. We're coming <laughs> after you. And we'll talk about it. Again, David Gordon Green's back directing behind the camera. John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies are doing the score. And the amazing, and the guy never gets any credit, Michael Simmons, who shot all three films. He was the DP. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos, all three of them. They're the ones who have been, well, I'm, there's a lot more involved, the editors and so forth. But these are the three that stand out the most to me when, it, when I think of the new quad, well, trilogy that is. Uh, let's start off with the best quote from the film. Mm-hmm. Why can't a bike stand alone? <laughs> Do you know? Why can't a bike stand alone? Need stabilizers? Nope, because it's too tired. Oh, sorry, that <laughs> stupid joke from... Um, yeah, that stupid joke from... That's a funny joke. Allison. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Christmas cracker dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it. So... We've got Lorraine, Allison, The Shape, Corey, Frank, misused Frank, I like to say. Will Patton should have been in this more. Mm-hmm. Offer some Mulaney, per Ronald. I think he's the uncle, mm-hmm. not the stepfather. Uh, Sandra, Lindsay, and Willie, the kid DJ. Uh, just a handful of different characters. They brought Lindsay back, which was no offense, I know you had to bring her back just for letting her know she's all good and all, mm-hmm. but what a waste yeah. to bring her. I mean, she they, she had nothing to do. Yeah, no, no. She um, was just basically the, um, in the background. So let's start off with the beginning. I will say this right now. The best jump scare I have had in a film in years. And again, Did, grounded and believable. Yeah, you just didn't see it coming. You're introduced to Arnie. Uh, it's 2019, which um, just a year after the events of, 20, of Kills and Halloween. And I liked it because you're introduced to Corey. He's a nice kid. He's having a conversation with the parents. He's going to school. He's getting ready to go to some university. I think they're talking to him about. Uh, he's very green, all- very sort of fresh. He's like a nice kid. 
Yeah, and so harmless. You meet the little shit Jeremy. <laughs> I fucking hate kids, so he gets what he deserves. <laughs> oh fuck! But the whole thing. <laughs> The whole scene was nice because they teased you a bit. Because what they did was, mm-hmm. when Jeremy goes to hide after he after Corey's in the kitchen, yeah, and he hears something break or something, yeah, so he thinks Jeremy's in trouble, and he's about to cut himself a piece of cake. Corey is, mm-hmm. and he leaves the knife there. Yes, and then they zoom in on it, like, ooh, the knife's gonna disappear soon. Like there's somebody else in the house, aka Michael. Yeah, the whole horror cliche. Yes. Then you find out the little fucker's just playing tricks on him. And Corey can't get out of the house, kicks open the door, and knocks a little fucker. Look, I, I, oh. I think it was Quentin Tarantino. I've, I've quoted Quentin Tarantino in this podcast before, saying that um, films, cinema, should always subvert our expectations and surprise and shock us. And they do it with this opening. And yeah. It, it really yeah. works. And it's a bold, brave step to take. And it really works. Yeah, you see the kid hit pretty good. Oh, it's brutal. Right in front of the parents. Again, back to the believability. Yeah. I mean, it's the best opening sequence for a horror film I've seen since the original Scream. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's very, very effective. Now, if you notice, if anybody, especially a Carpenter fan, this story plays a lot like John Carpenter's Christine. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite mirror image. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Corey Cunningham. All intentional, of course. Corey Cunningham is obviously referencing Arnie Cunningham. Mm-hmm. who is the owner of Christine. Christine is the one manipulating Corey. Mm-hmm. In this case, Michael yes. is manipulating. So he's Michael's technically Christine in this. Mm-hmm. And Michael gets the same comeuppance as Christine. <laughs> yes. So very similar. Uh, but yeah, so we we flash, we get the Halloween ends. Now the credits are blue, which is not traditional. It's usually the orange credits, but they're blue because he wanted to play homage to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yes, and I love the um, the, the pumpkins sort of opening up into each other type thing, and then the final ones like all bloodied and stuff. Yeah, I like that. I was one, I think they're doing it because I, the reason they had pumpkins stripping off each other's the pumpkins stripping their faces off, yes. whatever it was, is because evil comes in different shapes. Yes. Well, and that's, Lori says that at the end of the film. Yeah. Where it kind of sums up why they did that for the credits. <clears throat> now, the film opened up in 2019, which I thought was a mistake. I actually thought they could have handled the Corey thing different with the timeline. It would have made more sense if the Corey timeline happened in 2017, a year before Michael Myers. No, it works. And, and I'll tell you why it works. No, let me finish. The reason I say it doesn't work is because in 2019, you got people in Hadfield celebrating Halloween and stuff. So a year after their death, after all these mass murders happen, they're still celebrating Halloween. And then the next scene, you have Laurie, and three years later, talking about how Halloween has killed the town. So it doesn't make any sense it was why they're placing Halloween celebration, though. Um, I, I, think, I think it would have been better. And then Corey goes through all the shit he goes through mm-hmm. when COVID hits mm-hmm. and everybody's in lockdown. Mm-hmm. That would have been a better well, play. Well, I mean, I could have bought that as well, but... Um, I liked how it connected into this um, suggestion, this heavy suggestion that the town is cursed. Haddonfield is actually cursed. Um, so all of these horrible things are, are happening, not just the Michael Myers stuff, but this town is cursed because, you know, these horrific things are, are happening. There is, and, and again, it ties into the, it's not just cursed, but there is a, a, a presence of, like, the entity of evil within the town. And yes, it manifests itself as Michael Myers more often than not. 
but uh, it also manifests itself in other ways too. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the basis it's, of the plot. This is quite heavy stuff, like, you know, for, for a slicer film. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but when Jamie is talking about the chaos this is brought, mm-hmm. and you see people who've been killed by a drive-by shooting in a car, yes. you see the woman who's hung. Yes, again, the town's cursed, and, yep. Yes, and you recognize the woman who was hung herself? Um, I'm not too sure. Was that that's, that's mother? Oscar, that's Oscar, Oscar's mother. Yes, I thought that, yes. The, that was the kid that was killed in the 2018 one. And she, yes, she sees and his body in, in kills. You got it. Good yep. call. Yep. On the slab. And, yeah. and she's wearing the same outfit he was wearing. Ah, yes, that's right. Yes. And he was hung. Yes, that's right. He was hung off the um, the spikes. See, this is why I think people need to give this movie a shot and rewatch it. Because the rewatch value, I think people will take more out of it. Yes. I also think if you watch them all in sync, you'll understand what they I were trying to do. I was just about to say, whenever I get a moment, because I'm so busy, I'm going to rewatch them all back to back. Yeah, it definitely it definitely warrants that. I think it yep. needs. Uh, I mean, it's not fair to piss all over this film and not really give it its due. No, no, what, uh, the, what they're trying you. to do. I understand why it's not for everybody, but please watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would watch all three as a, as one long six-hour movie. I would recommend. Now, the new home that Lori's in is kind of cool because it shows that she's kind of back to her old self. Recovered. It's it's no longer a compound, isolated. and Well, her compound burned down. That didn't help. But it it's a nice pop. Uh, what is it? A, a red kind of color house. Yeah. Is it red? Yeah, so it's, it's bright. It's standing out in the middle of Haddonfield. So she's recovering. She's, She's recovering, and she's writing. And we talked about how she wasn't really dealt with properly in the '78, where post-traumatic stress, how she wasn't handled properly when she was a child dealing with it. But this one, she she's found her her out her outreach would be writing a novel about it. Yeah, nice. I like that. Yeah. Oh actually. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Things that aren't working for me. Allison should have been written out of this film. No, I disagree. Allison, Allison, and the boyfriend love interest with Corey was the stupidest fucking thing. I don't get it. It was a bit forced. It did feel a bit forced, but it does make sense. No, I, I, I think it, it does work. Although, I, I, being honest, it does feel a little forced. But in terms of the plot, um, I, I feel it does work. Disagree. Okay. But we'll end it there, because you're a liar. No, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, in terms of story and plot, and uh, uh, having... Why would Allison put herself in a dangerous situation after what she just went through uh, four years earlier... And go out with a man who's clearly unstable. Because she was traumatized and she was, you know, making bad decisions. They're all still traumatized, and um, they're looking, they're lonely, and you know, although it is a bit, it does feel a little forced, you know, just for the sake of the plot. In terms of the plot, it does work for me because you have to have that um, emotional connection for Laurie then to be concerned about Corey. Why would Laurie give a fuck about Corey if, or why would Corey even be in Laurie's um, peripheral? Um, if there wasn't the, um, she was, he wasn't connected to Allison. No, I understand why they would put it in there. Mm-hmm. I just felt one of the biggest problems that the film is getting, and I will agree with him on this one. We're here to see Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, and you're spending too much. I don't mind the Corey thing. I'm actually a big fan of the Corey. But that's story. predictable. Everyone was expecting that. Again, no, it back my, to sub- let, let me fi- the viewers' expectations. No, I, I understand that. But my point is, you could have had Laurie, Corey, and Michael. 
I don't want to see Lori, Corey, and Allison, and then, oh, we'll put Michael to the side. Because I've got problems with how they treat Michael in this one. I can understand, um, to a certain extent, the the fans being pissed off at the, the sort of lack of Michael and it being more focused on Corey. But, you know, I, I, you know, again, I'm not a sort of, while I love the original, I love three, um, and, you know, I really enjoy these you know, these new ones. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a hardcore Halloween fan. So I, but, but at the same time, I, you know, if you fuck with the canon, you're always going to incur the wrath. It's not even fucking with the canon, to be honest with you. It's just playing around with it, you know. Um, yeah. But if, if you mess with what the sort of hardcore fans are expecting, you will sort of get that, you know, kickback and that. You will feel their wrath, um, for want of a better word. So I understand it, but at the same time, um, I thought it was a very bold move that they made because this could have been like Scream 3. You know the way Scream 3 is the weakest in that series where it's just more of the same. Ghostface running about, or in this case it would have been Michael, running about killing people and then a big sort of standoff at the end with Laurie. They they did they did something that, that which I feel was very bold and brave, and they they gave us a good a really good and interesting story here. No, and, and I and I agree. I just the relationship needed to go, and you and I won't see eye to eye on that, and that's fine. But I think you and I are on the same page of where the story's going. Yes. Um, like we meet these fucking bullies, yes, these douchebags, um, and they pick on Corey, and he they're kind of the. The straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I guess you could say, but it was nice because they talked about uh, my reason why, uh, my personal reason why they left Michael out in the back because they needed to show what this town's become. Yes, before Michael's reintroduced. Can I say and as well so, what um, regarding Corey? I think it would have worked. It would have been even more effective um, the, the character of Corey if they had made him more sympathetic. I know that I know he is. There's you know they the give reasons for him becoming what he does. But I think it would have been even more effective if they had made him more sympathetic. More sympathetic. In all fairness, I think they did that pretty well. I think the guy they brought on the board to play Corey. Was, oh, he was very good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I don't think you needed any more. I thought I felt sorry for him. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I actually did. Yes, um, but they could but, have just went a little bit further with it. But yeah, no, because then you have to. You know, the movie's long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I, I tell you what, like what I was saying is that. I'll give you an example. When Corey's being picked on by the, by the kids, yeah, he li- and I love the scene where he meets Lori and Lori's like, "Do you want to do it?" And she slashes the yes, slashes yes. tires, slashes tires, yes. and I like uh, I like that that one scene because later Lori's going to turn on him. Yeah, and we know we will know why. Mm-hmm. But long story short, these kids are picking on him, and he works in the garage. Yes, but he sees the kid pull up with his dad. And the dad's slapping him, and mm-hmm. he's useless. He doesn't know how to change his own tire. Yeah. So right there, Corey knows the bully's being bullied by his father. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is about how evil transitions and how yeah. it's a nice little metaphor, I guess. You evil begets evil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's it, a theme throughout. There, there, yes. There's different levels. Yes. Of what we're getting. But it's all, all, always, you know, whenever there is evil or, you know, these bad things, it will always breed more evil. That's the point, essentially. Violence now, begets violence. Corey's mother. Yeah. Is she a bitch or not? No, she's just an overbearing, um, sort of Norman Bates type mother. She's just very overbearing. 
She's not oh, a bitch. She's she, just overbearing. She's not a bitch. She's Norman Bates' mother, who was the ultimate bitch of mothers. No, no, no. But she, no, no. She, she's just very <laughs> overbearing. Where she? I. But Norman's most mother wasn't mother a bitch. It was Norman. In horror mother. history, is fucking Norman no, Bates' no, no, mother. No, no, no. You're wrong because no, um, Norman Bates' mother. We don't even really see. Well, actually, we sort of we sort of hear her. But this is actually Norman's in, in the original cycle. It's actually Norman's take on no, his mother. No, yes, no. But that's the way she treated Norman. Right. But anyway. I mean that she's like Norman Bates' mother, and uh, right. she's overbearing. Okay. She, she she like treats him like he's still. Okay, um, if my listeners podcast. Norman Bates' mother's a nice nice I woman. Like, I like Norman Bates' mother. Oh there, my there you god, go. you got issues. <laughs> you got fucking issues. Wow. I think she's a lovely <laughs> mother. Uh, I, I I think Norman's a lovely son. <laughs> a good boy. All right. So Frank, <laughs> the the nicest character in the entire the entire film. Yes. Is that his uncle or stepfather? Um, uh, it's never really made quite clear. At first, I thought he was just his boss, um, but um, I, I, is he not his father? I, no, because he calls him Frank. Right, he must be like the stepfather then. Hmm. If it's, if it's his uncle. Oh wait, it's not Frank. If he's his it's, uncle, it's then it's sort of no, suggests. it's Ronald. If 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 Ronald is the guy. Ronald is the one who owns the garage shop, which is like Christine, by the way. Yes, yeah. Because Arnie works in the garage shop. Um, but so Ronald, I think, I think it's his, I think it's the uncle. They don't, they don't tell you though. Right. Yeah. That's not, it's not explicitly stated. Yeah. But he's the nicest guy in the whole show. Yeah. Poor fucker gets it too. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he, watch, and he watches Jean-Claude Van Damme films. <laughs> like there's a great line where, uh, Ronald says to Corey, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Like, I got your back. And, you know, and it sucks the way he gets it because mm-hmm. he doesn't deserve it. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, it's a horror film. Like, you know, it's playing with our, it's emotional manipulation, you know. Now, we're reintroduced to Frank, who I met is, Frank is the cop. Yes. Okay. Played by Will Patton, who I like to see. I mm-hmm. like Will Patton. Good actor. Mm-hmm. You want to see a Will Patton film? See No Way Out. Kevin Costner, so fucking good. He's so he's so good. It's unbelievable. Um, should have got the Oscar, but he's Frank, and he was utilized quite well in Kills, mm-hmm. but not here. Another no, he is wasted pas. here. You know, he's wasted again. You concentrate on the Allison Corey relationship where they should have cast. They should have concentrated on Laurie and Frank, like they talked about in the hospital room in, in uh, Kills. These two should have been the central characters. I don't think it hurts the film too much, actually. It doesn't kill it, but when I see him on screen, I'm like, oh, man, this is embarrassing. I mean, the, he has the grocery scene. Yes. Oh, I like your face. What the fuck? Yeah, no one else. Fuck? I, if I went, I, you know what? I said that plenty of times to women at the grocery store. I always get arrested for the slaps. <laughs> yeah. So you, you don't see me, but you know. To be fair, if you said that to strangers, you would get arrested, but obviously you got, you right. got a pretty um, face. A history together, like they know each other. You know, fuck. You know, I guess I, guess I don't have. But, but I would have liked to, to have seen more of them. But I don't think it hurts the film that much. It, well, so did you see the Halloween party? Did you see the flasher? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nick Castle. Right. Yeah. That's Nick Castle, the original Michael Myers. I knew he was in it somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I'd, I'd read somewhere that he was um, in it, but um, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get get the meat of it. He gets bullied again and thrown off a bridge. 
Now, first of all, bullies aren't going to throw people off bridges. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert at bullying, but I don't see people just taking a kid and chucking him over a bridge. Uh, to, to be fair, like, I don't think it was their intention. It was just in the scuffle. It just sort of happened. It wasn't. Now, that little fucker did it on purpose, but he'll get his come up. No, I know, but uh, I mean, like, you know, I, no, I, I, I bought that. That, that's, uh, that, that so, was believable to me. So he falls, he's hurting, mm-hmm. and then he's dragged into the sewer. Yes. And he gets up, he's looking around, and Michael grabs him. Yes. Why didn't Michael just kill him? Because Michael's weak. Very weak. Uh, I understand that, but he gra- still is able to grab him by the throat. I mean, he could have he could have killed him. He looks into his eyes, and he sees oh, I know that. Up. I know that. I understand that. So... He decides he's not going to kill him. He should. I don't know why he didn't kill him initially, but okay, fine. He gets up. Michael grabs him, and he's yes. That's he makes can sense. See, he can see into his soul because he, he has yeah. a flash. He can, we see what we saw early on in the film. I think Michael been was, through. was wanting to kill him and was going to kill him until he looks into his eyes. We're now going, quite frankly, to a Hellraiser plot, and the reason I say that. It's because you have Frank in Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he's a gob of goo on the, on the attic floor. Mm-hmm. And he gets the woman to bring people into the attic yes. so he can suck in the blood. But I got Hellraiser and, vibes from it he, as well. And, yes, and he becomes more human. Mm-hmm. So this is the same thing. He needs to bring Michael bodies so he can start, you know, killing again. Yeah, regenerating. So it's Hellraiser now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There you go. Okay. So when he kills the, the homeless man, yes, he walks out after Michael and him bonded, mm-hmm. like Karate Kid and Sensei, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Can you see that in like a montage? I, like he's, he's teaching him to do the crane. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would pay awesome. to see that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. He's waxing the car. <laughs> yeah. Wax it with knives or something. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyways, he kills the homeless man when he walks out. You know, at first it was an accident because they're fighting, they're scuffling a bit. Mm-hmm. But he stabs him a couple times. That's whenever um, Corey gets the taste for it. Yes, he because you can hear him stab. Why, if it was an accident, you would be stabbing the fucker a couple times. Yes. So you kind of Corey's crossed the line here. Yeah, and that's why I got from rewatching it. Yes, the first time I was like, "Whoops, didn't mean to do that." But when he keeps stabbing the fucker, then yeah, yeah there's some issues there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he's. And his glasses don't, doesn't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you notice that? Yep. Corey has changed. Yeah. He's changed. And there's no going back. Just like Arnie and Christine. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great if like Michael Myers showed up and Christine. Yeah. He honked the horn. Where are you coming? We gotta go, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're renting movies at Blockbuster. Let, let's go do some <laughs> killing. And then to do the, um, you know, the crane kick at the end. The kill Lori. <laughs> you, the crane kick would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, swipe the leg, swipe the leg, Corey. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's bullies in the Karate Kid as well, you know. Yeah, see, yeah. this is Karate Kid. It's Karate Hellraiser meets Christine. That's just the film. These lying bastards. <laughs> as we talk about this, I get it now. <laughs> um, yeah, what I like, my now this is where I'm not going to actually. In all fairness, we're not talking the Allison Corey crap because it is. It's just shit. And it's pointless. It is a little uh, cringe at times. In fact, in, but fact, it does in work. fact, in fact, no, it doesn't. In fact, if you can remove the whole Allison Corey crap, just remove it. You wouldn't miss it. But it has to be there for the for the, like Why? The, the stakes, 
for Laurie to, to, to Lor- for Laurie to have an emotional investment in, in the Corey plotline. No, she doesn't. Yes, she, she doesn't. doesn't. No, she doesn't. It, but it because, adds, no, it adds no. a big extra layer to it because you know, it's her granddaughter. Oh my God! With no, no, because she wants to protect her granddaughter even more because her daughter was no. by Michael in the previous film. It works. What Laurie, it makes what sense. Laurie, what Jesus? Hell, Mary, Mother God, and a cupcake. <laughs> Let me tell you something. What she's already been through, I don't give a fuck about Allison at this point. Corey, she helped Corey after the boys. Remember, they they, they, they slit the tires and Lori yes. helped him. All right? She could bump into him again and she goes, oh, hey, Corey. And then she can look right in his eyes and go, holy fuck, he's changed. That is more of an arc. Now she's got Corey to deal with and Michael but might be still around. As well. But um, you don't need the Allison arc now. And that's you an could extra have, layer of emotional. You don't need the extra layer. We don't need this much. We don't need this much. It works for me. Oh my God! You like the lighthouse. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I I do like when Lori goes to the mother's house, mm-hmm. and she's trying to kind of warn her about Corey, but she just she can't get a word uh, uh, you know word in edgewise because the mother's like my boy's a good boy blah blah yes. blah, and rightfully so she's looking out for her kid. Mm-hmm. But she, the mother makes a good point. She goes. Uh, once your boogeyman disappeared, the town needed a new one. Yeah. So they, that's why Corey's kind of this, you know. Yeah. Recluse. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of sums it up pretty nicely, I think. Oh, no, this is very well written. And it's uh, all, all connects in with the, you know, the previous um, two films. Yes. And Mr. And Officer Maloney, the douchebag, who was actually a decent character in the first, second, I mean, the second one. Now he's kind of a douche nice in this awesome. one. Yeah. Um, but... Well, well, maybe he's not. Maybe well, maybe he's just a, a well-written human character. Where yeah, he's, he's not a dick. No, no. He, he, also, he also wants her away from him. Well, real people she... can be dicks as well at times. Apart from me, I'm perfect. No, I'm joking, obviously. No, you're uh, a douche. Yeah. So people can be assholes at times, but the thing is, he um, it's revealed that he was going out with Allison. So he's jealous of Corey and Allison's relationship. Yeah. yeah. But I also do think... He's trying to get her away from him. Yes, because of the relationship. Well, but he wants her back he also, as well. Yes, but I also, that's what I said. But yeah. also, I think he, he knows something's not right. Yes. Um, But yeah, so he gets sacrificed to the almighty Michael. Michael in the dream. And, and I like when he stabs him and he cuts his throat and he stabs him again. And he's getting shakes like he's getting off on it. Yeah. I know people listen to this podcast like, Jesus Christ, Kira's a fucking freak. But it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. You know? So you see Michael no, it's, get his... it's, again, it goes, it's a very effective kill, you know? And so when I'm watching this, <laughs> so we got Christine, mm-hmm. Hellraiser, mm-hmm. and, and Karate Kid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now we got Jason versus Freddy. Um, and also because <laughs> because Freddy, <laughs> yeah, we also because Freddy, which would be Michael, mm-hmm. needs Jason to do the killing mm-hmm. so he can become back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, the, to build the strength. Yep, there These you go. Bastards plagiarize some of the classics. <laughs> but here, they put their own unique spin on it, and it really they pull it off. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and when, then of course, um, Corey decides he wants a mask. And he becomes yeah, I, Scarecrow Man. Yeah, the Scarecrow Mask was good. Yeah, very effective, it. very creepy. Uh, yeah, and they should have kept with it, because we're going to talk about the scene I fucking hate, and you know where I'm going with this one. So Allison and him have yum-yum time. So fucking yes. stupid. Um, so he does his damage, and then he leaves. And then, um, let's see here. 
And yeah, so when he's going to get when he's going to get yum yum time, you can see Michael sitting uh, watching. Yeah, by the tree, and he can watch everything that's happening. So now he's following his son. I guess you can see it's his little son, and and I just Michael's mentoring him. <laughs> he's mentoring him. Did yeah. did you wear a condom, kid? Did you wear a condom? <laughs> it's like a Bon Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. You know, <laughs> it's oh my god. We're just ruining this very dark tone film. Uh, so the doctor and nurse are the first big casualties. Yeah. Now we don't. We see the doctor kind of disappear, and then he's getting stabbed to death in the throat with yeah with the paper bag over your head. Talk about overkill. Yeah. Oh no. It's first, the, I'm going to suffocate you, and then I'm going to stab you in the throat just to make just sure the suffocation yeah. is not working. Yeah. And then the dumbass nurse. Uh, Corey, you can tell he's new at this. Mm-hmm. Gets locked out of the patio and he can't get in. And Michael has to see takes over. He's like, oh, fuck uh, kids, these these dumb kids, you know, so, <laughs> these so, dumb killer kids have so much so, to learn. And he like rolls his eyes internally, and then has he to- actually does. You see the shot before he <laughs> kills her. He he turns his head to him like, are you coming in or am I taking care of this? Oh, by the way, just um, sort of just step aside a second. What I really liked as well, whenever Corey, anytime Corey is on the ground and he gets back up again, he gets back up in the famous Michael Myers. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing the Michael the Michael move. Yeah. So Michael ends up killing her as he, an homage to Halloween one, mm-hmm. but I do like it that he kills he kills her on a piece of art as he is admiring his art. Yeah. 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 No. 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 That. 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 that I mean, the color- maybe some maybe some asshole protesters can come over and throw some uh, Campbell soup on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, then, and then listen, we'll get- this podcast might not get that one, but you know, mm-hmm. and we we'll get you- um, and then Michael will get them. You know. Yeah. 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 Michael and Corey. You know? <laughs> um, Corey, will, Corey will fuck it up somehow. Yeah. But uh, no, no, the kills once again are brutal. Uh, I mean, people, non-horror fans could be listening to this podcast and saying, what the fuck is wrong with those two guys? Those two fucking sick bastards. They're, you know, saying, brilliant kill, you know, all this here. You know, are they fucking warped, sadistic or whatever? But, you know, in the, <laughs> in the context of a horror film and kills, they're very well done. Yeah, there's little deaths here. Because, in all fairness, I didn't want to mass body count either because we already got it through yeah, Halloween Kills. Exactly. He pretty much took out the whole fucking town in Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. So, we don't need a massive body count. But when they do get the kills, they're pretty good. I love Especially I, coming up to the radio DJ. Oh, he's an asshole. But here, I love the fact that just you were saying about um, in the previous film, Kills, that Michael's basically taking out the whole town. I love where you can actually feel the grim, depressed, almost feel the grim, depressed tone throughout the town. You know what I mean? It's bleak. It's overcast. And you know what I mean? It feels grim. It feels cursed. And again, that's all intentional by the filmmakers. When we're now on October 31st. Yes. And there's a scene where Laurie's going around kind of investigating Corey. Yes. And Jeremy's dad gets interviewed. Yes. Talking to him. And he makes the comment, I knew he didn't mean any harm to our child. But I seen um, him again. Yeah. But when I saw him again, I was going to talk to him one more time. And he and I pulled over. That wasn't him. It was a different kid. Yeah. It was the evil. Pure evil. Evil. <laughs> um, so like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's not a physical. Actually, Lori even mentions it. It's not a physical um, presence. It's more of a... 
spiritual. Yes. Or spiritual. Yeah, 100%. Well, I guess it would be. I guess it would be. It, it's an entity in, in and of itself that's infected the town. It's it, it's a disease. There's the conversation that she has with him when he's sleeping at the old house. Mm-hmm. And Laurie goes, she knows who he is at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And she confronts him and goes, dude. Fuck man, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. That's not what she says, but yeah, I think, what's that I think effect? My, my would have been better. <laughs> um, or do it, in, Cor- do it Belfast style, you dickhead. This isn't yeah. this isn't gonna work out the way you, you you want it to. But but when Corey turns it on her and goes, um, you should have given in mm-hmm. when you looked into his eyes for the first time. You should have surrendered to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. It goes back to the Nietzsche thing, you know, if you stir for too long into the abyss, the abyss also um, stirs into you. And, you know, he who fights with monsters may be careful that they don't become a monster. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's essentially the the gist of it. Yeah. This is the most blasphemous scene in film history. And I'm telling you right now, I've seen a lot of classics. Go ahead. Like Critters. (laughs) Yeah, Critters, brilliant. Creatures a piece of shit. <laughs> I like taking shits that have more fucking more impressive dialogue than that. <laughs> I like critters. Anyways, of course you did. <laughs> Worst scene in horror history when Corey beats the shit out of Michael Myers and takes his mask. This is unforgivable. I you don't touch. It. Don't Trevor. Don't interrupt. I swear to God, if you interrupt me, I will kill you. <laughs> so. He, Michael looked into my eyes. Your evil. <laughs> he saw my evil. He he beats the shit out of Michael and takes the mask from him. You don't do that. This is one of the biggest complaints, and I'm going to back it up. You don't take the mask off Michael unless he's doing it himself. I actually like the Scarecrow mask. It worked for me. I think what they wanted to do was he wanted to take the full persona of Michael, hence the reason why he's a little more stronger, because he has the mask on. Okay. I think that's what they're going with, but it is wrong to do this. This is a crucial no-no. I, I get what you're saying, and I get the sort of frustration of the fans with this scene, but I'll tell you why it worked for me personally. Uh, because... Uh, Although, right, one thing that did niggle me about it, it was like it was almost like a generic passing of the torch scene, but it was very much the basically the monster turns on its creator scene. What you have to remember as well, although Michael is very sort of you know, you know, you don't do that shit to Michael, but you have to remember is although Michael is possessed for want of a better word with pure evil physically, he's a man in his sixties. Um, you know, he's also very weak after, still weak after the events of Halloween Kills, even though he is rejuvenating. So, that it, it, it makes sense to me. I get the frustrations, but it, it, I do. I always love the whole sort of monster turning on its creator sort of stuff. Um, uh, at first I did think, oh, this is the passing of the torch sort of thing. Um, uh, and, and to be fair as well, um, I, uh, Michael does come back and redeem himself. Does it matter? It's, it's, nah, just, yeah. It works Let's move here. on. Let's move on. <sighs> You've upset me today, Trevor. <laughs> All right. Probably the best se- sequence of the film, and that's when the fucking bullies get it. Yeah. Um, I like the fact when he kills Billy with the drumstick, because mm-hmm. he's always playing with drumsticks. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so sorry for when Ronald got it accidentally. Yes. It was too bad. With, with a, I, you shot. know what? Margot didn't deserve it because Margot gets the most, almost most brutal. Mm-hmm. She's the one who gets run over by the gate. Yeah, the car. on the yeah. gate. Underneath the car. The, the van, truck thing, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Margot was trying to stay... Tell those guys to stay away from him. Leave Aye, him alone. but at this point, you know, um, it's yeah. I'll bet Corey doesn't you. give a fuck. You know, Corey's um, not Michael. Stacy, you sort gets, of had to have this scene. You sort of had to have Corey, but you know, from a dramatic point of view, you sort of had to have Corey become Michael, like you know, with the mask and everything. So, and you know, this does work. Uh, I get why some of the hardcore fans, like yourself, would be annoyed by it, but. It does work. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? We like the scene. No, no, I'm talking, talking about, about Cordy becoming Michael, and you know, oh, and Hardy became Michael, oh. and then you know what I mean. But you I'm, to... I'm just talking about the kills at this point. Yeah, yeah, so, these guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair it. enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's good deaths. And what bothers me though, you have minimal deaths, which is fine. I said that was fine during the podcast. But you got to show the deaths. Yes. So when you have an off-camera kill with by Stacy. Yes. With the monkey wrench, mm-hmm. I want to see some monkey wrenching in her face. <laughs> you are fucking you know, sadistic. No, I don't care. Don't fucking cut away. <laughs> no, no, I know I agree with you. I want to see a cranium burst. <laughs> uh, I do love when Terry. He deserves it. The blowtorch in the mouth. Yes. Oh. that's probably the, one of the most br- brutal ones. Actually, I would say oh. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can hear it sizzling and popping. Yes, mm-hmm. it was like Jiffy Pop in yep. a popcorn. Yeah, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get arrested after this podcast. <laughs> As a potential danger to society. <laughs> yeah. Belfast is cursed. <laughs> so he kills his mom. Again, another off camera. What mm-hmm. the fuck is with the off camera kills? If anyone wanted I wanted to see get it, that would have been cool. <laughs> like he see he rips her jaw off. Not off camera with much. the DJ? Yeah, the DJ gets it pretty nice. Yeah. But he used to shit him on the turntable. Yeah. And he cuts his tongue off. Yeah. Darkly humorous. Yeah. Uh, he deserved it. He was a dick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was definitely the best death. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely showed... It goes to show you that this is about the mask and the power of the mask where he becomes kind of his own persona, but Michael's... It's pure evil, but pure the, evil. the mask is like the conduit. And, and, you know it's the I mean? cape. It's his cape. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, the scene where she calls Frank and she's pretty much faking her suicide. Yes. Which, by the way, I saw coming because they fucking ruined it in the trailer. Right. I but, didn't watch the trailer. Oh, okay. Oh, no, well, I might have watched it, but uh, I wasn't like, like it was like on in the background or something. So she pretends, if she calls Frank, I'm committing suicide, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She just did that to get the police over there. Yes. She knew somebody was coming. Perfect timing. I, give it, I was like, it's pretty yeah. good timing. But. <laughs> We find out that she's waiting for him and blows. Up. Corey lasts like two seconds. Corey, because he's, he, because ultimately he is a dick. He, yeah, so he gets shot. He, he's just a Michael wannabe. And then Michael comes and he goes, "Son, you don't fuck with the original," mm-hmm. and breaks his neck. And I think is, we should have saw something like he, I don't know, rips his eyes out, shoves him up his ass. Nothing. Maybe, and in, 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 that would have worked in Halloween Kills, but not here. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, like, go in the kitchen and pick up some more weapons. Hmm, what else do I haven't done yet? <laughs> yeah. So we got the big brawl. Listeners will be calling the police. I ain't calling the fucking police on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm creeped out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there is a next podcast. Uh, and I'm very desensitized, yeah. <laughs> um... So I like the big fight sequence. Yes. Um, you're right, he's a little weaker now, so he's not 
but she puts up one hell of a great fucking fight. Yeah. Um, I love how he takes the uh, the little needle from the needle point. Yes. Kind of jabs her a bit. Yes. Because he did it to him. Yep. In the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of a little, there you go, bitch. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, do you notice they pretty much just crucify him? Yeah. So he's lying on top of the uh, island, the kitchen island, and they obviously two knives on his hands. Yes. <laughs> and, then, yep. and then they throw, as you do, an American refrigerator on his feet. <laughs> but it's, it, lo- it looks like a crucifixion. Yeah, it is. Uh, no, it's intentional. Yeah. And then they obviously take him to school. Well, I do love um, the line where uh, I believe it's Allison says, um, somebody says, uh, Michael Myers is in here. Michael Myers is dead. And she goes, not dead enough. And then everybody, the whole town, I love this scene. It is such an, an emotional payoff for over yep. the last three films where the whole town bring Michael with Laurie yep. driving him at the front of the, the truck thing. Yeah, um, and you see some of the characters from the original the kid, come back. The wee kid who was getting the wee kid. babysitted. Yeah. yeah, he's there. Um, the sheriff, he returns, you know. Yeah. Um, um, because I think somebody makes a comment, something along the lines of... We can't do this. We can't do this. He goes, yeah. tonight we can, you know. And um, my mate who I actually went to the cinema to see this with hadn't seen the previous two films. He's not a film buff like ourselves. He's, he just it was just really a catch up, you know, with him. But uh, he didn't really. Uh, he bust out laughing when whenever the sheriff says, you know, tonight we can't. He just thought it was hokey horror, but it's not, you know, because he doesn't know the history of the Halloween series. Yeah, especially because the sheriff kind of fucked up the last two. Yes, first one he didn't believe anybody this was going to happen, and the second one was complete chaos. And that was the sheriff's arc completed. Yeah, so was, ex- exactly. One line. Yeah, exactly. Um, Being clever, right? A real emotional payoff. This scene. Um, yeah. Whenever they take Michael away, the entire town, and again, like you say, you see the kid and all who was getting babysitted in the first film. Um, brilliant, loved it. Well, there you go. I th- I think you and I on the same page, which I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. You and I both think as a quadrilogy, this series is fucking masterclass. I agree. Listen, guys, I understand your frustration with this. Uh, completely. I understand that you're upset there's there's less kills. I understand that you're upset that they take away the mask. Um, I I understand you don't like the Corey thing. Um, well, I don't understand. I like the Corey thing actually. I think I do think they could have handled the execution of the Corey thing a little better. I actually personally think Allison should have been written out. Um, at the ending of this film, you had Frank and Laurie, and Frank brings her a, ba- a basket of fruit or a basket of vegetables and stuff. And then for the first time, she goes. Tell me about this recipe. And he sits down next to her in front of her house. And Allison's going off to college. That should have been the beginning sequence. That should have been where this story took off. Because I wanted Frank's and Lori's journey. I didn't want Allison's. But it doesn't it doesn't destroy the film, guys. You've gotta watch this a few times. If you watch this as a trilogy, and of course the original, you'll get it. You'll see it as a... It's a great character study. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a slasher film. Yes, I know. But it is. I know. It is brilliantly written. The the music. Kudos to John John Carpenter and the boys. And the, the DPs. Just the consistency, the continuity of this series was brilliant. Yeah. Bring it back, Sandra, the one who got stabbed in the throat. Yeah. That was a nice little she's back because we like those two characters. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that she actually survived. A lot of people don't survive the Michael attacks. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to bring that. People really got to watch this again. This, guys, don't compare. 
I can't get mad at you for liking Resurrection. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? I Tom. <laughs> oh, I know. I just, I'm trying to be PC here. <laughs> but guys, I'm sorry. This is my favorite, favorite, favorite slasher series. And right now, it's beating the screams. And that's a hard choice because I like my screams. But I, can, I, I can't wait to have this whole collection owned and revisit it again and again. Hands down. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, I uh, now regarding the Allison character, I think because of her sort of starring involvement, you know, um, and being one of the main focuses within the first two films, you had to have Allison as part of this. I um, and with what I discussed, it um, for me, um, the Corey relationship that she has um, worked for me. However, just uh, my own take on I think this trilogy as a whole, the two thousand and eighteen one, kills and ends. Um, took me personally by surprise because in a world where we're sort of um, totally uh, like an onslaught of sequels and reboots and remakes and stuff, these stand out as brilliantly written um, and very, very clever um, films. A superb trilogy and to be honest, for me now, the Halloween series is number one then the 2018, then kills, then ends, and for a bit of fun on the side, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah, I mean, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I mean, even 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 the film, even the, like we mentioned, it pays tribute to Halloween. It's, and it's always, you know, people badmouth it because, but it's always been fair to what everyone liked about the other ones. Yeah. It peppered in Halloween 3 with yes. the masks and, and, the, and the credits. It peppered in Halloween... Uh, Four, which dealt with the flash mob mentality, flash mob. Yeah, uh, yeah, flash mob. I, I'm thinking of dance mob. What is that fucking thing? Lynch mob. Dance? <laughs> Lin- you mean or, you the know. lynching? The lynch mob is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. that flash because flash mobs really all breaking into dance. Yeah, he, that would freak Michael out. Michael's ready to take these guys down. They start breaking into dance. <laughs> That'd be cool. And then he shows up in like a polyester suit, mm-hmm. the white one. Now, I <laughs> so, here's the sad. Here's the sad thing, guys. Here's the sad thing. This is what happens now. Blumhouse no longer has the rights for Halloween. All right? Neither is Universal. It's actually owned by the Akkad family. Mm-hmm. Mustafa Akkad has been the breadwinner yes. of the Halloween franchise since day one. But he said, God love me, God rest his soul, he died past him and his daughter were killed in a, a terrorist explosion. Um, but not to speak ill of the dead, but he even said, if I can make a profit from this franchise, I'll, I'll put out whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to go back to, guys. I really hope they don't. Is, but they probably will. I, yeah, they they will. Let's just move on. They'll, he'll be he'll be fighting Chuck Norris mm-hmm. or something in space, mm-hmm. which I would see. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> but it's going to happen, guys. At the end of the day, and that's what you want. Congratulations, because the Akkad family will give it to you. Uh, to me, Halloween dies with with ends. I won't revisit it again. I'm not going back to four, five, and six, or H2O or Resurrection ever again. I I just can't. This to me is just a masterclass in filmmaking, and this is a slasher series. Yeah, that yeah, it is. It is very, very impressive. And I also love that sort of nice little ending they had for Laurie. You know. Um, yes, a nice little. Like, I like. Give her a happy beginning. ending. Yeah, and uh, I love the last line of her book. Can I leave it be. Yeah. Yeah. I leave the last line of her book when she says, "Evil never dies; it just changes yep. shape." Yeah, it's, yep, yeah. 
yeah. the shape, Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, guys, we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, this has been a real pleasure. Halloween is one of the reasons why I do this podcast. I love this franchise, well, most of it, and uh, so it's nice um, seeing it all come to an end. And in such a polished manner. Yeah, he's not coming back from this one. He <laughs> probably um, will, like, but in my head, probably, I'm, I'm quite content for that to be the end of it. You know what's going to happen? The Akad family, a homeless guy, will be going into the uh, into the garage, and the blood of Michael <laughs> will drip into his mouth, and then he'll start shaking, and then he'll turn into Michael, I don't know, Michael Jr. or whatever the fuck. He, <laughs> I don't know the fuck. Uh, but listen, guys, thanks for giving us a listen. We appreciate downloads and have been really positive. And happy Halloween. Yeah, for the Halloween month. Well, we're not closing out yet, Trevor. Why do you got to say happy Halloween? We're not even done yet with the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? At least the Halloween movies have good continuity. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Inconsistency. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. You can follow us at Sinister Frame underscore podcast on Instagram and, of course, Facebook. And with that being said, see, Trevor, you have anything you want to add? Happy Halloween. <laughs> there you go. Happy Halloween. Enjoy yourselves. Be good. And we'll be chatting soon. All the best.